Oh, I know you know what that means. Live, back in action. What are we doing over here? Number one attraction with all the reaction. It's a 33 podcast presented by the Sports Column. My name is Jason Fearman, and joining me in the huddle are my teammates, Tricky Nikki G and the real deal Damian Adams as we gear up for week one of the NFL season. Yup, football is finally here as Nikki, Damian, and myself have been coming up with great fun segments to keep us moving without any sports being played for such a long time. But slowly and surely, the NBA came back, the MLB came back, as in other sports, but this is what we've all been waiting for. So I can say on behalf of my teammates and myself that we are thrilled to actually be able to talk live football and break down real games. Nikki, this is like Christmas to me, where each game is like a present. So maybe it's more like Hanukkah. I don't know, but I'm so happy. I know. It feels like Christmas to me, right? I've been so excited. The football withdrawal is real. And even though preseason stops, it gives you a little bit Yep, yep. And as we have talked about, uh, maybe even tougher to find out where our team is really at as it takes a couple of teams, you know, a couple of weeks to get acclimated and find out what's going on, maybe even longer, Damien. But the anticipation has neared and it's at its end as we'll be watching live NFL football in just hours from now, basically. (laughs) How great is this, man? It's awesome, man. I am more than excited about the start of the season. And like Nikki said, with no preseason, it just makes it that more, much more special, you know, just to know that we actually are getting a season because there was a big fear there that we wouldn't get one. It seems like we might get a season. I don't want to jinx it. Things are still crossed. Everything goes right. But it seems like they found a way to make this happen. Yeah, so far, so good. As long as everybody does the right thing and we are dealing with adults here, not teenagers and, you know, younger younger athletes and younger men. So let's see what happens. Um, Yeah, man, this, gosh, can't wait. On our last show this past Sunday, we made all our predictions, including playoff teams, Super Bowl winners, yearly awards, and all that good stuff. So we're on record as Damian and Nikki have the same exact Super Bowl with the same exact outcome, and that would be the Saints over the Ravens. I also have Baltimore in the big game which makes you think twice when we all agree, but instead of the Saints, (laughs) I have the 49ers taking home the trophy this year. Yes, I do, my homer pick, but I really believe it. So check out our latest episode for all the breakdown and the debates that we had during the show. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Damien and I went at it a little bit with the NFC and the Saints and 49ers a bit. So real quick, before we get into neighborhood news, since we do have similar matchups in our Super Bowls, um, you know, Baltimore, all three of us have represented the AFC East, and I'm seeing – more Kansas City, you know, than anything, obviously. But um, why don't each of you guys give me two more, like, teams that you can possibly see coming out of the AFC and NFC. Uh, Damien, why don't you go first? So for the AFC, like you said, we all pick Baltimore. But, of course, Kansas City is right there. When you think about a team who has the best chance to repeat as champions, you got to look at a team that stayed together for the most part. They didn't really have any big losses. They made sure that they paid all the people they have to pay. And when you say paid, that's what a capital P when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Exactly. With how much he got paid. They also made sure they paid Chris Jones. Like I said, they haven't really lost much. Um, they kept that coaching staff intact for the most part. So when you think about that team, and you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, they're always going to be in the chase. 
also in the AFC. A new team that I'm going to be looking forward to that we've been talking about a lot, talking up a lot, hopefully we haven't jinxed them, is the Buffalo Bills. Mm. With that defense, if Josh Allen takes the prediction that I made, the quantum leap yes. that I predicted <laughs> for him, that team will be a Super Bowl contender. So those are the two teams I'm going to be looking out for in the AFC, Kansas City and Buffalo, along with Baltimore. And for the NFC, I got the Saints. But, of course, you got to watch out for the San Francisco 49ers. There's always going to be that fear of the Super Bowl hangover, but I think that they'll be a team that can get over that. They have a coach who's been there with Shanahan. He's been there not only with 49ers, but with the Falcons. So he's experienced it where the Falcons did run into that Super Bowl hangover. Some people could say they still suffer from it to this day. And that's the same time. I love to rub that in that they haven't been back to play all since. But <laughs> for <Yeah>. me, <laughs> as, uh, also San Francisco Saints, in the NFC, you have to look out for a team like, so if you're looking for division winners, of course, that's Green Bay that you can look out for if you believe in them. But, of course, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, that offense with Evans, Godwin, Grock, Howard, Bray. So now Leonard Fournette, the weapons just don't stop when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So those two teams you have to look out for as far as competition for Super Bowl and NFC as well. I certainly hear on all that. And like the Bucks are a team where we're talking about, you know, there's a lot of other um, teams that have new head coaches, new quarterbacks coming in. With the new quarterback coming in, it's Tom Brady. It's a whole different thing over there. So they seem like they're already in sync and ready to go. A um, little bit of neighborhood news coming up about the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, we'll get there in a few minutes. But, Nikki, I'd love to hear what you think because, again, you got Baltimore and the Saints. And, uh, you know, if they don't make it, who would be your backup, let's say? Right now, oh, darn, Kansas City would have to be the backup. Oh, my yeah, God. Well. What, what a stretch for me. <laughs> uh, no, like you guys said, I mean, yeah, obvious choice of here would be, you know, Kansas City. But let's. Let's just uh, kind of veer off a little bit. Let's not count out Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Because I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, some way, somehow, that they will just find a way. So I'm never counting them out. Until they show me otherwise, I'm just not counting them out. So, and then let's give a little love. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger gets back there. I don't know. I don't We'll see, but, you know, aside from the obvious choices, I wanted to throw in a couple would-bees. NFC, yes, of course, you got to watch out for the 49ers. Of course, Tampa Bay. But um, my boy Russell Wilson, he might also go. And uh, I hate to say it, but let's watch out for the Cowboys a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah, look, the NFC is stacked, as as we know, because when we're talking about the AFC, we're saying Chiefs, Baltimore, and eh, maybe Bills, and eh, maybe Steelers. So I hear you with that. And look, the, the Chiefs and the Steelers are the two teams I have written down for the AFC. I think that if neither one of them, it could be Pittsburgh, again, with their, obviously, um, you know, with Ben Roethlisberger and that defense and, you know, been, to, been around together for a while. So that could happen. And in the NFC, definitely the Saints are the number one contender to the 49ers in my eyes. But the Bucks, sure, I can see that. I can even see the Vikings going, believe it or not. And, yes, I hate to say it, you can't you can't count out Seattle. You can't. And I have the, op, the MVP, Russell Wilson, and the defensive MVP, Bobby Wagner. So, Jeez, right there. I mean, you know, saying a lot. So you also are a closet Seahawks fan. <laughs> no, definitely not. Let's not go too far. You know, a closet Russell Wilson fan. Yes, that I'll give you, but not the Seahawks. Can't go too far. Can't go too far. Hate those. Whatever. 
12th man stole that from like every other team back in cop, whatever. That's another story. But yeah, we know, look, when everybody agrees, something's going to go strange. Something's going to go different. So we had to get a little backup going on in there. All right. So, all right, look, it is time to get into the neighborhood news. Oh, who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood, in your neighborhood, say, here we go. Let's get to neighborhood news. Bingity bang, boom. NBA playoffs. So I want to start off with that, Damian, real quick. Um, here we go. I just want to say something before we get into the games, and it's something that bothers me, and I can't take it. I can't take it. They got to change the rule. When a player shoots, and it's usually from three-point range, and they pump fake before they shoot, obviously, and the defender jumps in the air, sometimes straight up in the air. And then a guy like James Harden, for example, will jump directly in like a torpedo into his body and he'll get the foul call. Damien, I'm not understanding how they can allow this to happen. I understand a man jumping at a pump fake, but the offensive player then basically pushing himself into, into the guy and throwing up some sort of prayer is not basketball. It's BS to me. I got to hear your thoughts. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, with When you have the rule, the actual rule, if the shooter goes forward into the defender, it's supposed to be an offensive foul. Now, I understand that it's a very hard call to make because if the defender goes forward at all, then the offensive player has the right to shoot in that position. And if he's going in a natural shooting motion, the defender goes up with a pump fake and then comes down and has contact with the shooter on the way up the shot. Of course, it's a foul. Right. So it's a very hard call to make on part of the officials, so I do understand that. But there's a lot of plays nowadays where the offense has the advantage. But that's why I hate when people say people don't play defense now. It's not the fact that they don't play defense. It's a lot harder to play defense today than it was, say, in the 90s. Right? No hand-checking. You have the plays like you just mentioned. One that I hate is when a person's going around the screen and the defender's just trying to follow them, do a good job, and then they just jump and flail and act like they were going to shoot. Yeah. They aren't trying to actually get a clean shot off at that point. And because you're following them, you run into them because they just stop and just throw up some trash and now they have a foul. Yep. I hate that one as well. That's not really basketball. So I, I'm totally with you. I hate both of those plays where the, they're just trying to draw fouls. That's one of the reasons why I don't like James Harden's game because he's so talented, but half his game is just trying to trick the officials from the foul. Yeah. Just play basketball, man. You're talented enough to get to the goal anytime you want to get that step back whenever you want to, just play ball. So I'm totally with you. Those two things annoy me the most when I'm watching the game. Yeah, that, it, it's just not basketball. It's cheesy getting to the free throw line. And I don't, again, understand, like you said, in, in the rule book, it's an offensive foul. I don't know why they're not applying it on the court. So I don't want to spend too much time, but I knew that you wouldn't understand where I'm coming from with this. And I, I just, it's been going on for a long time, and I can't take it. It drives me nuts. So I hope they change the rule. Let's just get into what we've seen, what's happened. Look, the Heat destroyed the Bucks as we, you know, kind of predicted. Not destroyed, but four to one. And yes, Giannis going out, but they even played better when he was out winning that game when he was gone in the second half. So the Heat move on and who are they going to play? Is it going to be the Celtics or the Raptors? Boston is up three to two. They've been playing better ball overall, but still when you look I think a lot of the problem is has been Pascal Siakam and him not playing like he's normally played. And that's been the problem kind of for uh, Toronto in the series right now. Otherwise, maybe they'd be up 3-2. Yeah, like I said last week, Spicy P has been mild P. Blame yeah. P. Right? <laughs> he hasn't been playing with any 
not going to get that corner three-point shot. He's going to drive. He's going to try to do a spin move. His game is very similar to Giannis's, right? You know, we see what happens with Giannis in the playoffs. When you have a limited skill set in the playoffs, people can counteract against that and take advantage of your weaknesses. They have to develop those other parts of their game, more of the handle, more of the jump shot off the dribble. Those things will, will separate you in the playoffs. And that's why in playoff time, people believe more in a Kawhi and a LeBron because those guys can get their shot whenever they want to in any position and they're not limited to just driving to the goal. So with Pascal Siakam not being as athletic as Giannis, it limits him even more than Sarah Giannis. So we've seen that in this round. And even as great as Toronto is on defense, we have a team like Boston who's so talented. They're going to take advantage of that, and that's what they've been able to do this series. So I do look forward to, or I anticipate seeing Boston versus Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, it looks most likely. Boston with that, you know, really a six-man rotation. They're doing it, and uh, the endurance and everything, great coaching. So great job all around over there, no doubt. Um, That's the East. Jump into the West real quick before we get on. Keep going on with the neighborhood news over here. Talking about LeBron James for a minute, the Lakers, uh, they went up 2-1 to one, but had a big scare uh, last night. Houston was up basically most of the game. But here's the major point, and it's the only point I want to make. The bottom line is if Anthony Davis and LeBron James don't both have great nights every night, they can't win. You understand what I'm saying? Like if one of them has an off night, they're probably not going to win that game. So they both have to be at their complete ultimate best, basically every game from here on out until the championship if they make it there. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. That's the reason I picked the Clippers over them in the Western Conference Finals is because I believe that there's more of a room for error for Paul George and for Kawhi Leonard. We've already seen it. We've seen Paul George struggle in these playoffs in the first round against Dallas exclusively, and the Clippers have been able to overcome that because they have great players off the bench like the sixth man of the year, or Lou Williams, who's had, who probably will have the Sixth Man of the Year award named after him one day. Yeah, he's won it so many times. Exactly. So you have some great bench players like that, and also you have players like Reggie Jackson and uh, Marcus Morris that's got the huge for the Clippers. So when you have players like that, it helps you when your superstar isn't leading the way. For the Lakers, Rondo came through huge last night, and we know that playoff Rondo is a real thing. Unlike playoff Pete, playoff Rondo has been consistent throughout <laughs> the year. So with Rondo, you have a guy that could come to be a third guy. But at this stage of his career, even though he's known for being great in the playoffs, he won't be the second guy. Anthony Davis and LeBron James have to be one and two. They have to play great. And you hope that either a Kuzma or a Rondo step up for you. It looks like Rondo's going to be that guy that steps up for them in the playoffs. But I still don't see them beating going like the Clippers in the Western Conference round because they just don't have that room for error. Yeah, we both had the same thinking on that, um, you know, and again, having that third player, you know, who's not just a player, but, you know, above average, maybe even an all-star just goes to show you Milwaukee that you need something else. And that's why Miami took care of them uh, more well-deaf, more well-rounded. And as you alluded to real quick in the Clippers, Clippers Denver, when Paul, basically when Paul George is on his game, they're not going to lose. You know, Their defense is fantastic. You know, they can rotate in at center. You know, they're not huge over there. Um, even when Zuba comes in. But, um, look, obviously Kawhi Leonard and everybody feeds off of them and they get their one-on-one looks and they're great in transition, they're great in half court. They, that That's why I picked them as well. You know, the overall depth. And like you said, even when Paul George doesn't have a great night, they can still win because you still got Kawhi who carried that Toronto team apparently last year. So, you know, they're up two to one. Um, we'll see what happens. Boston could close this thing out tonight. 
And we'll have more neighborhood news on that as we go along uh, throughout our shows, which are on Wednesdays now, the third and three podcast moving to Wednesday so we can get all the football action in and not miss a freaking inch of it or even a yard, I should say, since we're talking about football. So let's jump into that Thursday night. <laughs> Texans at Chiefs, baby. Here we go. Cannot wait. So that'll kick off the 2020 NFL season. Some news to go around. DeAndre Hopkins gets a $55 million extension from his new team, the Arizona Cardinals. Jalen Ramsey just got paid today five years, $105 million for a cornerback. Wow. That's a lot of money, something about $77 million guaranteed. Kareem Hunt is the backup to Nick Chubb, and he got two years, $13 million. So that tells you what that backfield is going to do and what they want to do with it during the season. Lots of runs coming out of that backfield for Cleveland. Von Miller, what a disappointment. Dislocated his ankle, something even worse. But now they're saying he's probably going to be out for the season. I'm just hearing this news as of about maybe an hour ago. That's terrible for a team that we all like and a guy who would be, of course, their leader on defense. That's a tough one to swallow right there. For the Vikings, Daniel Hunter, he's placed on IR for reasons I don't even know yet. I got to dig into that and find out. Mike Evans of the Bucks, he's got some soft tissue injury. He's really a game-time decision uh, going into week one. Kenny Galladay, hamstring. Devontae Parker, hamstring. Cowboys, uh, lineman, uh, Lyle Collins. Hamstring. Marcus Mariota out with a pectoral injury. Yeah, I've and I've never seen so many injuries in my life before. And I guess you can really attribute that, Nikki, to, to COVID and the fact that they haven't had preseason like you talked about. And the fact that they haven't had to have a chance to be together as a team. And you're seeing all these injuries because they haven't had that real practice, Nikki. Yeah, no, they haven't. And um, I think that we're just going to continue to see this, unfortunately. Um, and I did hear something interesting today. I wonder if you guys heard it. Um, I heard that 11% of the officiating staff had to be replaced. So do you guys think that we're going to see... I'm sure we're not going to see the greatest football because there was no preseason and nobody's really gelling and any chemistry and real game time experience. But so do you guys think officiating is going to be just as messy? Like, do you think they need like three, four weeks to get it together? Are we looking at like six weeks? Like, what do you guys think about that? Wow, Damien, could this be like the replacement referees of a couple of years ago? That's kind of scary. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that bad. I don't think we'll have any fail Marys like we had. <laughs> but but um, with the 11%, you figure that they are able to find, you know, good referees during that time, maybe the best ones that won't be doing college this year. The guys who maybe from the Big Ten who are good, people from other conferences who won't be playing, that you'll get to have, they had time to train them, hopefully. And hopefully it doesn't have to take an impact. But referees, I feel like, they should be in shape. They should be ready to go. Um, it shouldn't be much rust for them. But like you said, there's no preseason for them either. So usually in the preseason with the referees, they work out the new rules. Now, I don't know if there were any big rule changes. Nothing come to mind this year. Like other years, we had big rule challenges where we had like the pass interference being a play you can challenge and things like that. This year, we don't have anything to really work out in the preseason for the referees. So I think they'll be okay. Ah, let's hope so. But that was an interesting point, Nikki. Very smart, as always, coming up uh, at a left field with some very interesting information. I like that. Real quick, before we get into our picks for week one, yes, we have our picks for week one. 
one more question to both of you guys, and it's more of a statement, I guess. But I'm annoyed by they keep saying, oh, we're going to finally find out if it's Belichick or if it's Brady. How ridiculous is that? The guy's 43 years old. And now you're going to find out who it is? <laughs> find out in his prime. So even if they end up going 9-7 and seven or something like that, I mean, give me a break. That, that, that doesn't mean that it was, oh, it was Belichick the whole time. I find that so ridiculous, Damian. Yeah, no, it's definitely a combination of them both that made that team so great for so many years. Belichick with the defense, Brady being somebody who's just so consistent. Right? We both agree that, all three of us agree that he's not the GOAT in our opinion. Right. But you have to put him on the Mount Rushmore because of his consistency and what he's been able to do and how he handles pressure situations. So that doesn't come from your head coach, right? It comes from the quarterback that's having that in him. So you definitely can't just say if he has a bad year this year, especially with him being this old. Right. That it was all, <laughs> that it was all Belichick. Now, one thing I will say, if the Patriots mess around and go like 14-2 and two after losing Tom Brady, losing important defensive players because they opted out of the season, then you have to say, wow, Belichick's awesome. Like, we already know he's yes. awesome. But then it just takes it up to a whole different level of awesome if they win the number one seed and are a Super Bowl contender this year with everything that has happened to the team. So that's one thing we look for for Belichick. Now, for Brady, if he does win in Tampa Bay, it's just a bonus to his legacy. It's not something that will make his legacy. Exactly. And I think that's a great point that you made, you know, especially about Belichick. And, Nikki, if you can kind of play off of that, um, you know, because that, that's a great point. It wouldn't take away from Tom Brady necessarily, but it would definitely escalate Bill Belichick even more. If he can get 10, 11, 12 wins out of this team this year, that'd be amazing. Yes, it would. I mean, the Patriot way, like, but you're right, though. I mean, okay, so it's Brady, like, stinks it up. Yeah, he goes 9-7 and seven or something. I mean, it's his first year on a new team. You can't say right. that, like, oh, it was Belichick the whole time. See, we told you so. Like, I just, come on, don't, don't exactly. do that. that. That's ridiculous. And he is 43 years old. But, Damien, I think you said it perfectly, perfectly fine. It'll add to Brady's legacy, you know, and then it'll just amplify Bill Belichick, really. But like we said, when we had this debate, we are talking about Manning, Brady. Listen, I think that Bill Belichick, like, just it was the perfect storm he was able to consistently pull the best out of brady and brady just kept rising to the occasion so they just worked for that period of time they just worked and you know they each contributed in their own way to an incredibly successful successful team no doubt no doubt and i think that people just need to understand that and leave it at that brady's not 28 he's not 30 he's not even 35 so let's not get crazy over here all right, but let's get crazy with week one NFL picks. Here we go. We're going to start it off. Ready to do this thing as the Overhill Gang gets us set to ready to rock and roll. Guys, we're going to go over our NFL picks like I just said, but we do have a brand new segment as the NFL is back in action called the High Five, and that'll be the top five games that we're going to go over. So right now, we'll give these games, the other games on the docket, a little bit quicker of an explanation and our winners, starting with the Eagles and the Washington Redskins. Damian, what are you thinking for that one? Yeah, I got to go Eagles. You know, um, the Washington football team is lacking football players. So I got to go Eagles in that one. I'm going to go 21-13 Eagles. 21 to 13 Eagles. All right. I love when I get the score roll, so that's a beautiful thing. Nikki, what say you? Philadelphia or that Washington team? 
Yeah, no, I stay silly. Um, I just don't think that this Washington offense is ready. I think their defense may be a little bit more ready, but yeah, I have Philly 28, Washington 17. Yeah, it may not be such a great home opener for the Washington football team. Yeah, I got the Eagles winning this one. Not a huge game. Got them at uh, 20 to 10. I don't think that there's going to be a whole ton of scoring, but Philly uh, being much better in that way, yeah, I'll go that direction. All right, next game, we have the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Damien, you take this one. Right. The I think it will be a good game, and it's in New England. And, look, I'm going to pick the Dolphins, to be honest. The Patriots, I think, they're still getting this stuff together. Yeah, I'm going to go with the upset in week one. I don't know what the points are, but I think that the Dolphins are just, like, on fire right now and ready to go and amped up, and they always have that game where they beat New England once in the year. So I think it'll be this time, Nikki. Mm, yeah, you yeah, got starting, right? Isn't he starting? You got that right. Yeah, he's starting, so. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. I'm with it all the way. All right, here we go. Next game, we have the Colts and the Jaguars. How exciting will that be? Nikki, tell me. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Nick? Uh, well, um, I, I am going Colts because they are in, I obviously, win-now mode, and I don't know what the hell Jacksonville's doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Indy by a landslide. Indy by a landslide in Jacksonville. What say you, Damien? Same thing? Yeah, you got one organization who's trying to win, one organization who's trying to lose. I think they both will succeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got the Colts beating Jacksonville. I'm going to go 24 to 7. All right. It'll be a successful <laughs> going for both of them. They both get what they want. Yeah, I think uh, Indianapolis Colts are going to put together about 23 points. Myself, I believe in uh, the Jaguars. If they can pull off a couple of field goals, I'd be surprised. So I'll go about 23 to 6. Next, we got Lions. <laughs> Next, we got Lions and Bears. Oh, my. Where are the Tigers at? Here we go. So the Detroit Lions and the Bears, one's offensively, one's defensively. The Bears, I don't know how great they're going to be on defense to start things out. I think that the Lions may be healthy going into this game and carry on Johnson could do a little bit of running and Galladay do a little bit of catching. I think the Lions could beat the Bears this week, Damian. Yeah, I'm actually leaning that way as well. Um, Nikki's definitely done some convincing about that wide receiver core. She got me thinking about it. <laughs> so, I'm going to go Lions over the Trubisky-led Bears and a close game. I'm going to go 17-14 Lions. I like that. I was going to say something. I was going to say 20-17. I left out my score. All right, I'm with it. Nikki, what do you think? Trifecta? Yeah, no, I'm going Detroit. So you guys know the line is, 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 
yeah, minus three. So it's um it's basically a toss up, but I have faith in this wide receiver core. So I'm going Detroit twenty seven, Chicago seventeen. All right, well there you go. Okay, excellent, excellent. Let's get on to our next game over here. We have the Raiders at the Panthers, the new look Panthers and uh, this should be a very interesting game over here. I like what Carolina can do. I've talked about them. I think they'll methodically be able to move the ball down the field. But this game, I just think that the Raiders are going to come in throwing the hell out of the ball. Josh Jacobs is going to be running through a very weak defense. I think they're going to be able to put up a lot of points, surprisingly. I'm looking at a 31-20 to 20 game, the Las Vegas Raiders. Nikki, am I nuts with that? No, I also have the Raiders. Um we just don't really know what to expect out of Carolina quite yet. Um, so I would stand a reason. The Raiders don't really know what to expect out of them either. Yeah. So I'm leaving Raiders. Uh, I got uh, Raiders 27, Carolina 24. You can say they will be relatively close. Okay. All right, Damien, what say you? Yeah, I'm going with Vegas in this one. It's still feels weird to say that. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> with Las Vegas to win this game because Carolina, like we mentioned last week, they're – building for the future. Their defense is going to be full with rookies who are not going to be ready for this first game. So the Raiders should be able to take advantage of it. But we are talking about the Raiders. But they should be able to take advantage of it. I have the Raiders 24, Panthers 16. All right. All in agreement on that one. Pretty good. All right. Hey, we got a few more to go before we even get to our high five here on the 33 podcast. So you hang in there for 60 seconds and we'll be right back. Right there, you gotta love that stuff going on in the third and three podcast. You know how we do it. We're pumping you up, we're getting you ready for the NFL action that's starting in just hours, man. I can't believe this. Holy Moses. All right, we're going through our picks right now. Week one, we gave you a few already. We got about five or six more till we get to our high five. And then we got a lot more for you guys. You know, we got knowledge with Nikki, we got fantasy action. We got it all around here because that's what we do on the third and three podcast. Nikki, Damien, and myself, Jason Fearman, back with you, presented by the Sports Column. Much appreciated. And here we go. Let's continue this thing without any further ado. The next game we got, guys, on the schedule the Buffalo Bills are hosting the New York Jets. Damien, will the quantum leak begin in week number one? One to twenty. How about that? All right, I like it. I all right. Didn't see that one coming. 
I like it though. I'm digging it. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. Nikki, it sounds like you're on the opposite side. Yes. No excuses for Buffalo. Look, you can't be the friggin' Jets, and you shouldn't be going to the Super Bowl. I just don't <laughs> think the Jets are ready to contend, and especially not against Buffalo. I got Buffalo 27, Jets 10. All right. Well, it is what it is. We got, we got no big deal. No big deal. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, look, I love to pick the jets right now. That'd be a lot of fun. And that'd be amazing. I just don't know who's going to get into the end zone unless they do this thing on the defensive side of things. So I, yeah, I got to go with, uh, with Buffalo in this game, especially at home. I don't think there's no fans are going to be there. So I don't know much of a home field advantage it is, but um, I don't see them scoring a lot. I think it'll be more around like a 17 to seven, 17 to 10 games. I'll say 17 to 10 win by a touchdown. So it'll be a little bit closer, but I definitely like the bills in this game. All right. Next one. We got the Falcons and the Seahawks Atlanta hosting. This is a pretty interesting game right here. Never knowing what you're going to get out of Atlanta and Seattle always knowing what you're going to get out of them. It's just how far they can take it. So can they win on the road in week one? They got to travel, you know, cross country that can counter into it. Um, I'm going to say that the Falcons actually take this one at home, guys. I think that they got enough offense where the defense in Seattle may not be ready, <laughs> but we ready. <laughs> you know, they not be ready. I don't know. So I'm thinking that the Falcons may squeak this one out and take it by a score of around 27 to 24. Nikki, what do you think? winning this one. I know they got to come to the East 1 p.m. kickoff, but I think if anyone can shake it off, Russell Wilson can. So I'm going to go Seattle 30, Atlanta 20. Seattle at 30, Atlanta. So, okay, so she's got she's got a lover boy over there winning this game. No problem. We understand that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What about you, D? Yeah, I'm in agreement, uh, agreement with Nikki. I got Seattle beating Atlanta. Um, just not believing that Atlanta's defense against that Russell Wilson-led offense. So I'm going Seattle 28, Atlanta 17. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, I can see it, and I can definitely see Seattle winning. I would not be shocked. All right, not the most interesting game. We got the Bengals and the Chargers over here. Uh, very interesting game. Yeah, we know Derwin, J- Derwin James after the season with Chargers, Bengals, new look quarterback with Joe Burrow. They could be revived. Um, who knows? We'll see. But uh, Damian, what do you think about this one? I'm going to go with the Chargers over the Bengals. You mentioned the rookie quarterback in this first game. You got the Chargers, who are led by Tyrod Taylor. So I believe in him and his veteran leadership over the rookie there. And what could be an even matchup. So I'm going to go Chargers in a good game. Even though it won't be one that's going to be watched by many. I'm going to go Chargers, 17-14. Yeah, you know, I think this one's going to come down to the last minute, and it might be whoever's got the ball last because I'm not I'm not sure either defense is going to be able to hold up. I agree with you about Tyrod Taylor. I like him a lot. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to take uh, the L.A. Chargers at home, but I think they squeak one out 21-20, and the Bengals show that, hey, we might be ready to play ball this year, Nikki. Yeah, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think we're down to offense, but I think Joe Burrow comes out guns blazing. 
Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. She took a little quantum leap right there, Damien. Not bad. I could dig it. <laughs> hey, this is a game I'm very interested in. We got Cowboys Rams. This is Sunday Night Football, I believe. Uh, let me just check on that real quick. Uh, yeah, Sunday Night Football, and it's in L.A. Uh, this one was a tough one. I went back and forth with it because um, the Rams, the more I think about it, they may be a little bit better than people think. They just gave Jalen Ramsey a ton of money. You got Aaron Donald up front. Cowboys got the weapons on offense, but not on defense. And I don't think that C.D. Lamb is ready to you know, get going in the offense. We'll see what happens with Zeke in the, in the first game. But I actually think the Rams, despite having a running game, are gonna, really going to be able to throw the ball against the Cowboys secondary. So I'm taking the Rams Sunday night at home. What do you say, Nick? Okay, so we're on the opposite ends of that one. Yeah, I'm thinking more Rams. Uh, I think it might be in the 20s this game, a 28-25 type of game where the Rams take it, maybe a field goal at the end. I don't know, Nikki. I think it's just a tough game. Uh, break the tie over here. Um, and then, well, I'm going Cowboys 23, Rams 20. I think at the end of the day, Cowboys are just a little bit more of a loaded team and ready to go. Okay, fair enough. There you go. There you go. They are loaded. We know that. We'll see how it all works out because they were loaded last year also. All right, here's one team that's kind of loaded and another team that's looking to reload. We have the Steelers and the Giants, Nikki. We are at your team, all right? We have finally gotten there. It is your game right now. So why don't we talk about that, and why don't you start us off, Nick? They're at home. They got the Steelers and Big Ben coming in. What do you think? All right. Well, I look, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Got to keep the bias out of the show just a little bit sometimes. All right. Damien, what do you think about this game? Giants-Steelers in uh, New York slash New Jersey. Yeah, I got to go with the Steelers in this one. You think about that defense and the addition of Ben Roethlisberger to that offense. Going against this Giants team who's still trying to get used to their new coach and his methods. I see it's gonna take. A, I think it's gonna take a little while for them to really turn that corner. So I got Steelers winning this one. I'm gonna go 21 to seven. Yeah, there's no reason not to. This, well, she took offense to that one. All right, oh boy, yeah, could add, add on a few more points, Damien, make her at least a little happy. <laughs> well, again, like I said, there's no reason the Steelers, you know, shouldn't win this game. Uh, or should I mean, look, they're, they're way more stacked. Their defense is fantastic, and their offense, you know, with Big Ben back, you know, they're obviously going to put up points. 
but they're not going to put up that many points this week. I'm not sure if they're going to mesh yet on offense. I'm not sure about James Conner. I'm not sure about Juju Smith. I'm not sure about Ben. I think this is one of the games where the Giants get one of those, not miracle wins, I don't want to call it that, but one of those absolutely surprise wins of the week where it's like, wow, how did that happen? Maybe we can build off of something over here. I just think they're going to take the Steelers by surprise. I think that Pittsburgh is the better team, but the Giants are going to shock them this uh, this Monday night. I, that's what I really believe. So, Nikki, I, I'm praying for you over there for my picks with that. Thank you. There is one more Monday night game, and that is the Titans and the Broncos. Broncos, we heard bad news with uh, Von Miller going to be out for the season. That's a rough one, Damian. So I know you got the Titans winning that division, and like all of us, we all got the Broncos in the playoffs. We'll see what happens now. I don't know if one man changes an entire team, but what do you think about this uh, late Monday night football game? Yeah, I do think that it makes an immediate impact on Monday night. I think it's going to take him a while to find a way to adjust without Von Miller. You know how big I am on Tennessee, so I got to go Tennessee. They're going to control the ball, not score a bunch. So I'm going to go Tennessee 20, Denver 17. Okay, Tennessee 20, Denver 17. I'm pretty much on the same page as you. I'm thinking that it's going to take the Broncos just a few minutes over here to get themselves together, and I think that the Titans – it, I think it's going to be a very fast game. I think it's going to be a lot of running, and I think the Titans are better at that. So even in mile high, I think that I'll give the Titans the win in this one, Nikki. Uh, no, I'm going to go Denver. It's a weird, weird time for the Titans, the 10-point kickoff. And home field advantage does not really matter this year, except if you're at mile high. So I do have Tennessee 20, but I'm going Denver 24. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. All right. Here we go. All right. So I like it. We split on a lot of these. You know, we're not all in sync. Obviously, you don't rehearse the damn thing. So that went pretty well. But we got the high five action right now. Five more games to pick that we thought were the five more most interesting ones on the schedule for week number one. And we're going to do that every week with our high five. So our five games that we picked this week, we'll let you know and we'll go one by one. We got the Texans at Chiefs coming up, like I said, hours away. Browns, Ravens, Packers, Vikings, Bucks, Saints, and Cardinals, 49ers. We ready to go here, guys, for a high five? Yes, sir. All right. I'm ready to do it as well. So we're also going to name a sleeper pick for your fantasy teams out there, or even a sleeper player if you don't play fantasy, somebody to watch out for. The first game, because it is Thursday night and the Super Bowl champs are hosting it, we got the Texans at Chiefs. Texans have taken a lot of flack this offseason for a number of reasons. D-Hop, their coach, a uh, lot of problems. But Deshaun Watson got big-time money. Then again, you got Patrick Mahomes who got really, really freaking big-time money. So, I mean, wow. Texans beat him in the regular season last year. The Chiefs obviously came back from 24 nothing in the playoffs to beat them. I don't think that the Chiefs are going to allow that to happen this time. I think that they take the lead from the beginning to end. So I'm going to take the Chiefs in this game with Patrick Mahomes and all those guys coming back, and we'll see what the rookie can do. And a guy that I really like in this game, for you sleeper uh, fantasy guys out there, because David Johnson doesn't know what he's doing yet, go with the other D. Johnson. Go with Duke Johnson. So those are my thoughts, guys, on that one. Damien, what do you think? I do like your pick of the Chiefs over the Texans. Uh, I think that the Texans have some things to get together. I believe this is a season where they kind of fall off a little bit. 
and the Chiefs, they're going to be riding high, getting those Super Bowl rings, seeing the banner grow them up. They're going to be ready to go. And Patrick Mahomes in the offense, we saw what he did to him in just one quarter last year. In the playoffs, they're going to be into him for the whole game this one. So I think the Chiefs and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will also have a big game. With my fantasy sleeper, I'm going to go with the Texans, Brandon Cooks. That's my fantasy sleeper. A little bit, a little bit of that is selfish because he's on my fantasy team and our fantasy league. So <laughs> goes off and has a big game, but I can see him step into the role of DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, not getting the same numbers as D-Hop. Because he's not as good, but he's still a very good wide receiver who can be depended on. And he's somebody who really excels when the quarterback takes extra time with Deshaun Watson excels in. I see Brandon Cook getting a lot of those scramble-type drills, receptions from Deshaun Watson in his game. I like that analysis right there because Brandon Cooks is a guy who knows how to come back to the football and follow his quarterback around. So that's a very good analysis right there, Damian. Well done. I like it. All right, let's see if we make it a trifecta with uh, Nikki over here with the Texans at the Chiefs. Oh, yes. Yes, we do. I think, look, I think a big question here is can um, Houston keep up with Kansas City's offense? No, I don't think so. They are just a high-flying offense. I don't like this matchup, Tyreek Hill against Vernon Hargraves. It's going to be damn near impossible Mm. for Houston to keep up. I think they're going to try to stay competitive at first, but Kansas City's just going to pull away. If Kansas City 30, Houston 17, and I also have Brandon Cooks as my sleeper pick, so maybe it's an off. Very nice, very nice. I like that. Yeah, I'm definitely looking at a high-scoring game myself. I'm somewhere like 35-31, something like that. I think this will go you know, right down to the end. But, yeah, the Chiefs take it, but uh, not a blowout. All right, next game to analyze over here, and this could be a big one going on throughout the entire year. We got the Browns at the Ravens, and we know I'm pretty high on the Browns, guys, and we're all high on the Ravens, no doubt about that. So week one, let's see what happens. Nikki, why don't you start us off? Yeah, with week one, you got to watch out for the Browns because the Browns did beat the Ravens last year, right? And this is a year where the Browns were all over the place, not consistent. And so now you have the Ravens who coming into this year with high expectations. Maybe the pressure gets to them a little bit. So you can see the Browns maybe pulling off the upset. But I'm going to go with the Ravens to win this one. I think that defense with the addition of Calais Campbell and all those guys there will be able to get the Cleveland offense just enough trouble to slow them down. And that Ravens offense will be even better this year with Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson being able to run down the throats of Cleveland. So I'm going with the Ravens to win this one 28-21. And for my fantasy sleeper, I'm going to go with Mark Andrews, tight end. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. All right, Nikki. Well, he took your fantasy sleeper. Did he take your pick also? Yes, that's okay. Great my single ID. I love it. Uh, yeah, no, I – but listen, if there was ever to be an upset game, I think this is the one. Because like you said, they – they do give Baltimore a hard time. Like I, I believe me, I've, I've watched it. I've seen it where you're just like, wow, you know, it's your division rival. They know you. There's familiar out familiar. That's a tough but word to I say. Just, I don't think Cleveland has an answer for the Ravens defense. I think that's where they're going to 
tripped themselves up. So I have Baltimore 27, Cleveland 17. Yes, I also went with Mark Andrews. Just a quick stats for his 2019. 64 receptions, 98 targets, 852 yards, 10 touchdowns, and he's ranked number three this week and fully healthy. So... Ooh. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. Pretty good analysis right there. I like that. Yeah, you're always stepping up with them stats over there. Tricky Nikki doing it again. Okay, well, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm taking the Ravens also uh, week number one. You know I'm high in the Browns, but they're going to – another team that may take, you know, a couple extra weeks to get it together. I think the Ravens are just ready to go, no doubt about it. So you guys really said it all for the most part. There's not much left for me to break down except for if Cleveland can just get – really tough, get their assignments together, know where they have to be at, and really play a near-perfect game because that's what you got to do to beat the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, even the Niners last year came close to playing a perfect game in the rain and lost 17-14. to 14. So that's what you got to do against these guys, and I don't think they're ready just yet, but it's coming around. My sleeper for that game – and by the way, the score that I do have is 25-17 uh, Baltimore Ravens. My sleeper in the game is somebody I love – and they paid this guy for a reason, and people are really sleeping on him. They're hitting the snooze button. Austin Hooper. It's Austin Hooper, guys. I, I don't understand why people don't understand that he's going to be a big part of the offense. You don't just pay a guy $85 million to come over and, you know, catch two or three balls a game. So watch out for him getting the ball. I like him a lot. Moving on. Next game. Packers-Vikings, a game that I love. Oh, I always love when these two teams play. It brings it back to, like, the black and blue division, Packers-Vikings. The game is in Minnesota. Um, you know, what's going on in Minnesota, you know, picked up Yannick Ngakwe, uh, lost Stefan Diggs, but picked up Justin Jefferson. The Packers didn't really do anything except for get Aaron Rodgers' future. So you know how I feel right now about the Green Bay Packers, guys. I've told you, and if you listen to the show, I don't even have them in, in the playoffs. So I don't believe in this team. I don't believe they're going to come hot out of the gate unified. I think that's more the Viking style. I think that's what they're all about. They know they're a team that can make a run to the Super Bowl. And I think they're going to let Green Bay know right off the bat and give them a nice little whooping, 31-17. So I think that uh, I think Minnesota's going to do a job on them. Uh, yeah, I like the Vikings in this one big time, Damian. Yeah, I, I like that pick. I like the. I like how you said big time whooping. I like that right there. Um, <laughs> in this game, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Minnesota adjusts without Stephon Diggs. Can Justin Jefferson step into that place and really fill that role as a rookie? The way they run their offense, they're very dependent on having two receivers who can get open because they want to have as many blockers out there as possible to create lanes for Delvin Cook. So you usually only have two receivers going against maybe double teams or cover twos to where you have to really be elite to get open in that system. So there's just a difference ready for that. And I think because of that, uh, Green Bay winning this first game because they're going to be asking a lot from that rookie. Uh, Green Bay is going to win this one. I'm going 21 to 18 in a close one. And my fantasy sleeper, I'm going with the Green Bay running back Aaron Jones. And I'm fantasy sleeper, he just got paid, so I think they're going to run him a lot. Yeah, he'll see the ball. They got a bunch of running backs back there. You know, obviously they got, uh, you know, Dylan now they brought in and um, also Jamal Williams. But, yeah, I hear you. That guy's awesome, and they paid him for a reason, no doubt. So I'm hearing you on that one, and I know that I left out my sleeper. I'm going, like, real sleeper style because I think the Vikings are going to run a lot in that game, Nikki. I'm going with Alexander Madison as my 
sleeper in that game because I think he can get a late touchdown and maybe even 70 or 80 yards, which may help. But um, besides that, love to hear your pick. What do you got? I know you got the Vikings winning the division. I know. I Listen, I think these two beat each other up, not just in this game, but like all season, basically. But I think the difference is going to be the run game. I'm interested to see. We get to see Aaron Jones led the league, 19 TDs. He's going to go up against this Minnesota defense that looks like they're creating some force to be reckoned with. Um, on the flip side, we get to see Dalvin Cook up against a Packers seed that was ranked in the bottom 10 against the run. But I'm going to give advantage to Aaron Rodgers, and I have Green Bay 27, Minnesota 23. My sleeper pick is not really a sleeper, but Devontae Adams, he can always beat his man all over the field. So I like him in this game. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're going with the Rodgers, Devontae Adams, you know, that trio right there with Jones talent over the Minnesota full sort of team from what I think. But, hey, anything can happen, especially when Aaron Rodgers on the field. Moving it along over here. We have – I'm going to save yours for last, Damien. We'll save the best for last, the Bucks and the Saints. So we're going to go Cardinals at 49ers, guys. And if you don't mind, I'll start this one off real quick. I'll try not to make it long. But they played two excellent games last year. One was 28-25. The other one was 36-26, I think. And both of them really came down in the last couple of minutes in the fourth quarter. So that definitely scares the hell out of me, knowing that the Cardinals, especially now, got D-Hop and, you know, a healthy running back and Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds who can come in. So I'm scared of the offense. I'm not going to lie. But the defense is garbage. And that's why Jimmy G averaged 30 fantasy points against Arizona in those two games that they played last year. Do I think that's going to happen again? Yeah, I actually really do against a defense like this. So when you compare... Yeah, the Cardinals may have a better offense, but the Niners still have an excellent offense, just in a different terms, in a different way. And as far as defense goes, there's no question about it. So while I really like the Cardinals, and I think they're rising up, but that defense has got to get better, I'm taking Jimmy G's 30 fantasy points, beating him twice last year, and starting off the season the same way, 28-21. to 21. And Jimmy G is indeed my sleeper in that in that game. So... Damien, what do you think about that, my Niners' first week? Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Niners do win this game, but it is a big game. Last year it was a good game, and the Cardinals are much better this year. So I do think that it will be another game, a game between division rivals. And I have the 49ers winning. I'm going to go 30 to 24. In this one, I do think the Cardinals are able to put some points against an excellent defense because their offense is going to be just so hard to stop with those weapons and just the style of offense that they have there. But, like you mentioned, that defense is trash. So, yeah. <laughs> the 49ers will be able to go up and down the field, run the ball, throw the ball. Like you mentioned, Jimmy G, this is one of the weeks where he shots. But he looks like the guy that should have been the you know, the next guy in line after Tom Brady in New England. He's going to look like that guy and get our hopes up. As we think that Jimmy G has finally turned that corner. And this is going to be a weekend that gets our antennas up. So I do have Jimmy G as my fantasy sleeper as well. Oh, okay. How about that? All right. See, great minds think alike there, Nikki. Jump on board. What do you say? Um, yeah, no, I definitely have San Francisco winning. Not by much. I'm thinking like 30, 27, somewhere in there. Because Arizona will, I think they will play this game close. But, yes, their defense, I just don't know. 
I think they're going to struggle trying to stop the 49ers, but I think this is going to be a good game. They're going to give your Niners a little bit of a run for their money, and I actually would not be surprised if Arizona does pull out this win, uh, but I do I actually think that San Fran will, and I have for my fantasy pick, I actually have the Niners' defense. Their 2020 projections, 118 points, 46 sacks, 14 um, interceptions, 3 TDs, not too shabby. You mostly have the same defense, so I like them. Well, I hope our predictions come true on that. That would be perfectly fine with me. 1-0 is always better than 0-1. It's just like one of those feelings you got. You got it's like, fuck, damn it, lost the first freaking game. I already got a zero in the win column. But I digress. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of these next two teams will be 0-1 unless they decide to have a tie in the game, which would be obviously amazing. And, Nikki, we're going to go first on this before we let Damien have the table before our segment runs out over here. I'll make it a little quick. Um, love this game. Can't wait to see it. Obviously, really excited. The Bucks, you know, like I said, one of the teams that even though they were all just starting to come together with Tom Brady there, I think things will really work out. But here's the deal. And Damien, directed to you, if the Saints get out to a nice early lead, you know, 14 points maybe going into halftime, which I can see, then I think they lock up the game. You know, they pin their ears back. They rush Brady and do what they can. Um, I like Marcus Lattimore a lot in this game if he's going to single up on Evans or, or Godwin. Um, so I definitely think that the Saints are going to win this game because, you know, they're home. They're ready to go ready to rock. Bucks are just getting their stuff together. It's going to be loud no matter what. They got to pump in noise. And my fantasy sleeper is a guy who was on my team last year, and that's Emmanuel Sanders. And I think he's going to do a really good job. But overall, when it comes down to it, the Saints are going to win this game 24-21. to 21. So the Bucks will come back in the second half, but it won't be enough, Nikki. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, Tampa Bay is just going to come up a little bit short. I have New Orleans winning 30, Tampa Bay 27. Look, I mean, Brady, this is like since Randy Moss, most talent he's had around him. But um, Tampa Bay, that defense, they just they don't have the elite defense to go up against the elite offense in New Orleans. Um, so definitely going Saints here. And my fantasy pick, I just wrote, it doesn't matter. This is a fantasy matchup dream. Yeah, just right. Pick one. Yeah, pick no one. kidding. Good call. I like that. I like yeah. Just pick one, right? Throw anyone out there. What they're all going to do well. I like that. That's funny. It may it could be 55, 54. Damien, in about uh, sixty good solid seconds, give me a breakdown here right now. With your boys going up against the Bucks. especially first quarter, and then he ended up getting hurt against our Niners in that game. That was big time. I remember that uh, touchdown he had to start things off. So 
Wow. All right. Great stuff on the high five, the new segment. But we got segments that you know coming back, like Knowledge with Nikki. It's about to get tricky over here. We got a few more good things happening for you guys over here on the Third and Three podcast. Kicking your ass as we always do. Hang in there for 30 seconds. We'll be back with some more. On. That's got to get you pumped up, man. Come on. Rocky soundtrack, Rocky theme. I mean, damn, that's Mount Player Play action right there on the third and three podcast. You know how we're doing it. Football style, NFL coming up in just hours. And I really mean that in just hours. I can't wait. I'm not going to be able to sleep. I can't be able to blink. This is freaking awesome, guys. We're having a great show so far. We're going over our week one picks. We're throwing in some fantasy sleepers in there for you. Neighborhood news. We got more coming up. Now, player, player action, knowledge with Nikki, a little more fantasy, and a new segment named that player coming up at the end. So, we're going to get into now, player, player right freaking now. Let's not waste any time and do this bad boy. Now, player, players in action over here, brought to you by the real deal, Damian Adams. You know how it goes over here. All right. So, now player, player, best teams that we've ever seen. And, guys, that means that we're not going back to the 74 Steelers or the 60s Packers or anything like that. Teams that we've actually seen, witnessed, play, all that, and have laid our eyes on and understand how great of a team they were. So, with that all being said, we are ready to leap in. And I say, Nikki, ladies first, why don't you kick us off? Colts. You guys that oh, sure. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Granted, uh, the 07 teams, they won more games than much better defense statistically, but the 06 team just happened to be the team that won the Super Bowl. Like, the Colts' long term excellence was a really long way. They had a decade of Peyton Manning consistently winning them 12, 14 games, but losing it in the playoffs. They didn't give up. That team, we had Manning, Tony Dungy, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dwight Freedy, Robert Mathis, hell of a team. Manning, marking his audibles at the line. Tony Dungy, Tampa 2 defense, holding everyone on day so that the Colts could catch up. And we all know the story, right? Outstanding regular season, foiled by the Patriots every time in the postseason. But 06 is the year they finally broke through, beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, go on to beat the Bears. That Super Bowl win was a redemption for all the other Colts teams that just couldn't get past Brady. So one of my picks, not my number one pick, but one of them, the 06 Indianapolis Colts. Well, it is a great one, no doubt, Damien, because, you know, that's Peyton Manning and uh, his, you know, his first Super Bowl and Tony Dungy, his first Super Bowl. And yeah, I mean, that was like one of those moments where, you know, 
like when is LeBron James going to get his Super Bowl? When is Michael Jordan going to get uh, his Super Bowl? Going to get his NBA title? When is Michael Jordan going to get his NBA title? It took him nine years, and then boom, there you go. Peyton Manning, seven years or eight years into his career, he finally gets it. So what a relief off your shoulders. Yeah, no, I definitely remember that team. Um, that Super Bowl was one that started off scary with Devin Hester. That's right. Back to opening kickoff for the Bears, and you put a little fear there for the Colts. Like, oh, man, it's going to be another year where paid many falls short. But yeah, no, that was a great team. That's a great pick. Yeah, and then you realize Rex Grossman is the quarterback for the Bears. It's like, oh, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, we got nothing to worry about here. We're good. We're good. <laughs> All right. All right, I'm going to give you one of mine, and I know Nikki's going to hate to hear this, but it's going to come, and you knew it had to come. The 2007 New England Patriots, they went 18-1. and Again, miraculous, unbelievable New York Giants. I actually picked them to win the Super Bowl. I don't know what went through my brain, but 18-0 and going into the Super Bowl. They wiped the floor with everyone. Bill Belichick would not stop scoring. He just kept going and going. They had a couple of little scares. I remember one against actually the Baltimore Ravens during that season. But other than that, breezed through the playoffs, did what they had to do, and then here comes the Super Bowl, and here comes the Giants' defense, and destroyed everything. But I've never seen a better team in my life than that team. I had You go into the regular season and you win every game, then you win every game in the postseason, and you just end up losing on the last drive in the Super Bowl. I don't know how much better it gets, Damian, other than winning it. Yeah, no, that team was on my list as well. During those 18 games, man, that offense, the fact that you had Randy Moss breaking Jerry Rice's record for touchdown reception. Hey, why'd you do that? Stop. <laughs> hey, I know, I know that um, – Jerry Rice did in less games. I know. There you right. go. Randy Moss still holds the record. And with that team, that offense was just phenomenal. That defense was really good. And I know this helps Nikki's case about Eli Manning being in the Hall of Fame. But we have to, we have to <laughs> acknowledge how great that team was before they lost to the Giants. Absolutely monstrous team. Who, like, it's the greatest team to never win to not win a Super Bowl. You have to put them there in that spot. Oh, for sure, yeah. To me, they'd be number one. And, Nikki, I know that, you know, yeah, they played in uh, – uh, that unbelievable 38 to 35 matchup, I think it was, you know, toward the end of the season where, you know, New England wanted to make sure in the last week they stayed undefeated and the Giants brought them everything they possibly could. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. So, the unbelievable team. You have to give it to them. And then your Giants get to hold the trophy up in the end. Yes. Well, they were, we'll kind of share this one. They were on my list too, because believe me, my homework pick is there. But I actually didn't get process. How could you not? I mean, not only did you win every game, but you're like breaking records as you're doing it. You know what I mean? So, Brady uh, over 50 touchdown passes, and Randy Moss caught 23 of those. Like, that defense, Vince Wolfbrook, Mike Rabel, Asante Samuels. Like, but listen, if could you guys imagine if the Patriots won? They would definitely be regarded as the best team of all time. So, the Giants had to realign the universe for the rest of you. <laughs> He's like Thanos. He just wants balance in the universe. That's all. So that's where that came from. All right. All right. So that was definitely a good one on all of our lists. So, Nikki, what's your first one? I gave you mine. I'm sorry, Damien. I apologize. Again, I'm getting old. 
Dude, I hear you. Look, football's a team sport. So you know what? If, if your offense isn't doing that great, then the defense picks up the slack. And going into that Super Bowl, even though the Giants had that great run and then busted up Minnesota in the NFC Championship game, to me, and I'm sorry, Nikki, there was no doubt that the Ravens were just going to blow them out in that game. And even on special teams, they were so dominant. So, yeah, you talk about team. I, I'll give you that one all day, Damian, all day. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. Miss- <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I gave you a good one, Nick, at least. So you have to take it from, you know, one punch here, one punch there, you know. So, all right. Let me give you my next one, and then we'll get to Nikki's next one. I'm going to go with the, a team that didn't win the Super Bowl also, all right? The rest of mine did, but this other one didn't. And that's the 1998 Minnesota Vikings. That team went 15-1. and Randall Cunningham, Randy Moss, Chris Carter on offense, yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, my God, in the backfield. I forget his name. Not Rob Jones. Robert Smith. Robert Smith. Thank you very much, Damian. You're always there for me when I need you, my head coach. I appreciate it. And the defense, obviously, great kicking. Just a great dominant team all year around. And it came down to the most unbelievable thing where Gary Anderson, the Minnesota Vikings kicker, hadn't missed a kick the entire season up until the NFC Championship against Atlanta, where he missed his first field goal of the whole year, which allowed Atlanta Atlanta to go on and play in the Super Bowl and get their ass kicked by the Broncos. So would have been a much better Super Bowl with Minnesota in there. That team was an offensive juggernaut, and the defense got to pin their ears back and go sack the quarterback as a result of it, Nikki. They were ferocious. Yes, I forgot about that team until you brought it up. So thank you for showing <laughs> yeah. my memory. But yeah, no, they would definitely have to be on on your list for sure. Yeah. What do you think? They- yeah, that's a great pick. They're on my list as well. Uh, Randy Moss is one of the reasons that I saw love football this bad year. Watching what they were able to do. That game against Dallas where he only had three catches but had like 160 yards. Right. Come on, man. Yep. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right. I'm ready. Well explained also. I appreciate the backup on that one. Good job. Good job. All right. So I got two in, I believe. And Nikki, you got one. Damien, you got one. Nikki, let's get your next one. Technically, too. I share the Patriots one with you. Oh, fair enough. All right. I'm going, surprise, surprise. I'm going to 2013 Seattle Seahawks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like this team, like, think about it. I feel like they kind of defined a generation for us, right? They come in, they're doing it their own thing, they're doing it their own way, they're breaking all the rules, they don't give a damn, right? Like, they're just whatever. How very, like, millennial of them. That's a great call. Look, I didn't even have him on my list. They didn't come to thought probably because, you know, when Seattle Seahawks come to my mind, I let it exit immediately. But you're right. That was a fantastic team. And to dominate in the Super Bowl the way they did, I know they were defensive-centric, if you want to call it that, but you still had enough offense to do what you had to do. I, yeah, Damian, that's a pretty good pick. I didn't think of that one. Yeah, they're on my list as well. You guys are definitely eating up my list here. And- <laughs> Really great pick, and I, I didn't even think of it. And props to both of you for having it on your list. Excellent. Damien, I want to make sure you get one in that nobody says, so let's get you one of yours. Yeah, so I'm going with one of my backup picks now, and you'd probably be surprised I didn't have it as one of my main picks. I didn't want to be a homer. But you guys pushed me to my backup list, so I get a chance to be a homer now. <laughs> <laughs> so i got to go with the 2009 New Orleans Saints, first team in Saints history to win the Super Bowl. So you think about this squad, right? Start off the year 13-0, right, which is very hard to do. Come out the gate, don't lose the 13 straight games. Um, once they lose one, they lost to Dallas that year. Um, they for their first loss. They decided to take the next two off because they already had the first seed locked up. Go into the playoffs, destroy Arizona. Destroy Arizona. Kurt Warner and that team were a really good team that just got just mollywopped by the Saints that year. You had the great game against Minnesota. 
then uh, also you had the game of the Super Bowl where you beat the Peyton Manning-led Colts with the famous interception by Tracy Porter to end that game. That offense was ranked number one that year, scoring 510 points that season. The defense led the league in turnovers. It wasn't the best defense ever, but the defense was really opportunistic and was able to get timeless for that offense. So the 2009 New Orleans Saints are definitely one of the greatest teams to ever do it. Who that? <laughs> well, that was certainly a phenomenal year for you guys. It really was. And I was a little bit surprised when they did win the Super Bowl that Tracy Porter at the end was obviously fantastic. So I, I give it to you, man. Look, I'm not, I, I can't say anything. Look, they beat one of the best teams in the NFL. They took home the trophy and, and that's it. That's all she wrote, man. So good pick by you. Thank you, thank you. Good pick. It's okay to be a homer, you know. It's okay. <laughs> Especially when your team is good, you know. Nikki, you'll figure that out one day. You'll understand what we mean. I'm kidding. Uh, so <laughs> oh, you know, we have to do it over here. This is what we do. All right, since we basically, a lot of us had a lot of the same ones, I'm going to throw out one more. Look, I could have been a homer, too. I could have said my 94 Niners, my 98 Niners. A lot of them, even the 81 Niners. But to go for another team that we all saw and kind of changed the game in front of our eyes was the best show on turf, and that's the St. Louis Rams, who came out of nowhere from 13-3, and lost his starting quarterback in Trent Green, and in comes the guy from the produce section, Kurt Warner, and they end up having the best offense that basically anybody has ever seen go all the way to the Super Bowl against a tough team in the Titans, win it by one yard, basically, that they were about to score. The game was incredible, really, in the fourth quarter for the most part. But that team, what they did that year, and Dick Vermeil being the crying coach and emotional guy that he is and everything, it really was incredible, an incredible story, Kurt Warner. And then you got all the great players with Marshawn Lynch, you know, and Az Hakeem and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce, and it just went on and on and on. And you couldn't stop them. And they ended up, I think, 13-3 and three that year. And uh, that's why I definitely got the 99 St. Louis Rams on my list. So, uh, yeah, they kind of changed the offense a little bit around in the league, guys. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. That team was ahead of its time. And, man, just talk about an offense that was unstoppable. Like you mentioned, all those weapons, you had a running back in Marshall Park who was ahead of his time as well. Like the running backs now – all want to be what Falk was back then as far as being able to threat to run between the tackles and catch up the backfield, not only on screen passes, but can run every route in the route tree. Right. And he was phenomenal. Kurt Warner, like you mentioned, one of the greatest stories of all time. I definitely hope they make a movie about him one day as far as what happened in his life to get to the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, that's a great pick. No doubt. He should, man. He should. Yep. Appreciate the backup on that one. As we roll here on the 3rd and 3 podcast, having a blast. You know how we do it. That was Mount Player Player for the week best teams that we had ever seen. And now we're going to get into another very, very familiar, one of my favorites. It is called Knowledge with Nikki. And it's about time we hear it. This is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top of tricky. Here we go. It's to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On top is tricky. <laughs> this is knowledge with Nikki time. Tricky Nikki G is in the house. This is where she gets to get back at me and Damien for every giant remark that we've ever said. This is her turn now. Nikki, this is your stage, dear. We are we are anticipating everything that you're saying and we can't wait to roll. 
a show to do here <laughs> oh my god i love it this is oh it's only gonna get crazy you guys during the season forget about it it's, it's just gonna get worse and worse because of because of knowledge with nikki that's exactly why and that's what we're gonna get to right now <laughs> and i think damien's turn to start it off this week All right, all right. Let's see what we got. Insane memory with this one, and I, it either happened in 2001 or 2002, and I'm really not sure, but I'm I'm almost positive it was the 49ers and the Giants. It was. Yep. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna tell you why really quick. I'm I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why it's really sad. But I'm gonna, my best friend had died a year before and we were doing a memorial and I remember having to rush home to go see the game after it. So that's exactly why I know that. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not I'm not looking for I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just saying that's how I knew it. And September fifth had just passed also, so that's how I got that one. Please continue. I don't want you to be upset. Let's continue. What was the question again? I totally missed it. Bill Belichick holds the record for most wins on kickoff weekend for active coaches. What oh. is his record? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to say uh, this, you know, kind of a shot. Uh, 16 and 4? 17 and 8. Oh, okay. Oh. Still pretty good. I don't, des- I don't deserve it. What did you say, Damien? Damien, what'd you say? Well, uh, oh, okay. Go ahead. All right. Okay. All right, D. This coach has won five consecutive games 
on kickoff weekend, which is the longest current streak against active head coaches. Who is that, Coach? I'm going to go with Andy Reid. It is. Yep, good call, man. Good call. Yes. All right, last one for you, D. I think you might know this one. In the 2011 kickoff game, the Packers defeated the Saints 42-34. Thanks in part to Aaron Rodgers throwing for three TDs. And how many yards did he throw in that game? Oh, wow. I do remember the game very well. I had a lot of Packers fans taunting me. I watched it. I was in the Navy at the time. Watched it on a rooftop. And I was like basically the only Saints fan there. Um, <laughs> he, he, threw, he had an excellent game. So I'm going to go with 334 yards. Jay, you want to try to steal? Yeah, I, th- I just think it was a little bit more, so I'm almost going to like $1 him over here, and I'm going to say 355 312 312 oh, okay. Okay. 312. So, yeah, I remember him coaching us that game, and I knew our defense wasn't going to be good from that point forward on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's 1-1 one 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 so far. Yep. 1-1. Uh, so the, the Cowboys own the best winning percentage on on week one, is what you're saying? On kickoff weekends. Oh, on kickoff yeah, weekends. Okay. And and they and the last part of the question, I'm sorry. What is their record? On kickoff weekends, but like forever? Like their whole like their whole career? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a tough one. I mean, oof, this is gonna be a shot in the dark here. Um <laughs> uh, 35 and 33. Amy, am I trying to steal? He's not far off. Uh, I'm going to go... Is that 35 and 33? I'll go 40 and 30. 39-20. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great right there. Yeah, he was, thanks to you giving him a hint. But, yes, he definitely gets a point on that. Six against Miami. Um. Wow, two thousand six. Uh. Shoot. I'm gonna. Uh, what's his name? Um. Mark Sanchez. I 
Miami mm-hmm. was it for me. Was it Chad Pennington? No, it was Charlie Batch, Pittsburgh. Mm, all right. All right. <laughs> Charlie Batch. All right. That's a good one. All right, Jane, ready for number three? I am. Okay. In the 2004 kickoff game, this kicker converted a game winning. 50-yard field goal to lift his team to victory against the Jets. Who was that kicker? 2004. Um, Jason Elam? Oh. Do you want to try to steal? I'm going to go with Adam Vinatieri. Oh, John Hall. With the Washington football team. All right. All right, Nick. We got about a minute to go. Let's make sure we get it in. Okay. In the 2009 kickoff game, the Giants and Redskins faced off for what would end up as a Giants victory thanks to their defense. How many yards total did the Giants defense allow in that game? Giants, Redskins, 2009. They probably didn't let up that much. I would say about 179 yards. No, do you want to try to steal? I'll go with 120. 209. 209. Okay. All right. Still, that's a good defensive game right there. All right. All right. So I'll take it. Damien took it two to one with a little help from Nikki, but that's all right. I have no problem with that. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. And always a round of applause. Knowledge with Nikki, always coming through with the sports trivia. We love it. We love it. We love her. She's the best. All right. So good round. Good round. We are not done yet. We got two more segments coming at you. We got fantasy drafts of the week and name that player. Oh, I know you guys are going to love this. Hang around. 30 seconds. We'll be back. Third and three. If you can't get the party going on the dance floor right now with a song like that, then you can't book. You need to get out the club, way out of here, and go find something where you could do like a little two-step, and that's about it, man, because you got to get on the floor and freaking boogie with this sort of stuff. We're loving it right now. Third and three podcast. Jason Fearman right here with my partners, Tricky Nikki G and the Real Deal Damian Adams, rocking and rolling, third and three by the sports column. We love it. We appreciate it. And we have two more segments for you guys before we jam on out of here for the night. Check out the rest of the basketball and get ready for football. Holy freaking crap. I can't believe it. This is great. All right. So two new segments. Here we go. The first one, we're going to do fantasy draft of the week. And here's the way it's going to work, guys. We're going to pick a quarterback, wide receiver, and a running back each. We're going to do a snake-style draft between the three of us. And once we use a player, kind of like, um, you know, when you pick teams, you can't pick the team again, you know, the knockout pool. We're going to do the same one. So you can't pick the player again. So if I were to pick Carson once today, I can't use him for the rest of the year. 
but they can. So those are the rules. They're pretty simple, and we're ready to get it going. So our coach is going to kick it off in the quarterback category and tell us who he's going to take with his number one overall fantasy draft pick of the week. Yeah, so with the QBs, I want to make sure I see the best for later in the season. But I will take one I believe that we talked about earlier as being a fancy sleeper, Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that he'll have a good week this week against Arizona. We mentioned him being able to pass against them because that defense is trash. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo will have a, a really good week, so I'm picking him with my first pick. That's not a bad first pick, man. Wow. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I had him uh, I had him in there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe I can get away with him after all those stats I threw out. Maybe I should have shut my freaking mouth. Okay. So that's Jimmy G. You know what I'm going to do? Oh, this is going to be a little tough because of the weather there and then this and then that. But you know what? I did say Carson Wentz, and I'm actually going to convince myself it's week one. So I'm assuming he's healthy, even though I already know he's got something going on. I'm not sure which body part is hurt right now, but I'm going to take Carson Wentz for my quarterback, who I cannot use again after this week against Washington. So I'm hoping that he just eats up uh, that secondary with Deshaun Jackson and guys like that. So I'll take Carson Wentz. Nikki, that means it's your turn. You get a quarterback and then you get your next pick at wide receiver as well. You guys made this real hard since I can't use these guys again, so I wanted to go real, real safe and be one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm actually going Tyrod Taylor for my quarterback. Ooh. Um, Cincinnati, they allowed the most rushing yards to a quarterback last season, and they weren't great at stopping the pass either. So I'm thinking... Tyler Taylor probably have a good game, even though I picked Cincinnati to win. That's okay. I'm going to go Robbie Anderson. Uh, new deep threat for Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson. And the Raiders can be burned with their young corner, so I think Teddy Bridgewater shows us he can still hit a home run courtesy of Robbie Anderson. Now that's an interesting pick right there. That's very interesting. Yeah, you know, we're talking about a Raiders defense who's terrible. I mean, if anybody's going to take the top off the ball, then it'll be him. That may not be their forte, but look, if he's he's out there 10 yards beyond the defensive back, then I I can see it. So, all right, not a bad pick right there. Not a bad one. So we got Robbie Anderson, Tyrod Taylor. And I like the way you're going, saving some good ones for a little bit later. I see where you're at right now. Uh, It is my turn. I'm going to go with... You know, I'm going to stick with what I'm doing right here. I got Carson Wentz. I'm going to go D-Jax. Deshaun Jax is healthy for, for week one, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go D-Jax. I'm taking Deshaun Jax w- w- with my wide receiver. I think it's the good. I think it's a good time to take him against Washington, so I'm going to roll with that guy this week. That's a good strategy to have the QB wide receiver mix. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I figured that would be the way to go for this one. All right. All right. So that's me, Damien. Now you get it back-to-back. So for my wide receiver, I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs for my wide receiver. Oh, new guy. Off the bat. Yeah, I'm going to take him first. I think wide receiver, you can can get away with that, unlike with QBs. 
Um, you can't get away with picking a, a good wide receiver early because it's, it's such a deep position in the league. So I'm going to go Stephon Diggs against the Jets. And for my running back, this is where I really struggled. Went back and forth a little bit. But I think that Mark Ingram is going to have a good game against the Cleveland Browns for Baltimore this week. You know, you always have to watch the margin. I think it's open the polls for Mark Ingram. So I'm going to Stephon Diggs, Mark Ingram. That's that's not bad at all, man. That's not bad. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter what the quarterback does. It matters what the receiver does. He's not throwing interceptions unless they're doing some end-around sort of nonsense. So not bad at all. I like that. You got Jimmy G, Stephon Diggs, and Mark Ingram the second. Um, all right, so it's my turn, and then Nikki's going to close it out. So I got Carson Wentz. I got D-Jax, and my running back. Yeah, I, I, you know, I can really go. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought I can go full run. I, I was thinking about going full running back with this team, but I'm not. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon against that Charger defense. I think that he can – they're going to rely on him a lot, obviously, in the first game with Burrow just trying to get his legs under him. So I think Mixon gets a lot of touches and makes a lot of plays against a mediocre defense. So I'm going to take Joe Mixon from the Cincinnati Bengals, and I will no longer be able to use him. but. I feel good about that pick this week. So, Nikki, you get your last pick, your running back. Who are you going to ride with this week in our fantasy draft? I am riding with Sony Michelle. Um, in three of his last four games against Miami, he had at least 74 yards and one touchdown each game. And Miami's defense allows 21.9 fantasy points per game. So, I feel good about this. I feel like, you know, I would take him here. I think this is a good week one pick, and then I can save the other ones for later. I like it. I like it. I, I, I see where you're going, I, and I like your strategy, you know, especially seeing what's going to be going on later in the year. It could be a mix-up again the first couple, three weeks, seeing where teams are at. So I, I like that. Not bad. All right, just to go over it, I have Carson Wentz, Deshaun Jackson throwing the ball. To him and Joe Mixon as my running back. Damien's got Jimmy G. He's still my boy for me. Damn it. I was going to take him too. Then he got Stefan Diggs in his first game in Buffalo and Mark Ingram, obviously, a staple in that Baltimore backfield. Nikki went, went off a little bit, you know, where we didn't think she was going to go, but I actually really like the picks and they make a lot of sense. Tyrod Taylor against the Bengals. He should have a nice, solid game. Robbie Anderson could take the top off the ball against a bad Raiders defense and Sony Michelle. We know they're going to be running the ball, especially in uh, week one, uh, you know, as Cam also gets acclimated to his new team. So not bad picks all around. All right. I'm liking what I'm seeing. So we can't use these guys again. We'll see how many fantasy points they accumulate. We'll check it out at the end of the week and let you know on the show next time who actually won. So, all right. Not bad. Our first one. Our first one. Uh, there's a few more sleepers out there. Maybe we'll get a chance to go over a couple, but. I definitely want to get into the next segment, and I don't know how – look, again, non-rehearsed. I don't know how hard this is going to be. I don't know how easy it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be mediocre, but we're going with name that player, all right? Name that player. So we're going to give a few clues as to who this player may be, and each uh, opponent, if you want to call it that. So if I go first and I ask the question, Nikki – We'll give her answer. Damien will give his answer without me saying a word or even implementing anything like you're close on something. 
and go ahead. And- <laughs> I'm just, I'm just now. I'm just totally messing with you. Now I can't help it. Now I'm just messing with you. <laughs> so we'll see if either one of them get it right, and then I'll reveal the answer at the end. So you guys ready for the first one? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Let's listen. She's like, nope. All right. Listen carefully. And, I, of course, I'll repeat it as much as you want. Name that player. Many say I'm the best running back of all time. However, I never rushed for 2,000 yards in a season. Nor did I win rookie of the year. I did play in the Super Bowl. I played for only one team in my entire career. Who am I? And I'll say it again while you're thinking. Many say I'm the best running back of all time. However, I never rushed for 2,000 yards in a season, nor did I win rookie of the year. I played in the Super Bowl. I played for only one team my whole career. Who am I? So Damien says Walter Payton. What do you think, Nikki? I got nobody. I'm telling you, I'm going to be terrible at this game. You don't want to throw one out there? You want to give a shot? <laughs> no. All right, then you know what? ding a ding 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 You got it right, brother. Walter Payton is the correct Yay! answer. Way to go, D. Way to go. Excellent job, my friend. Excellent. I like it. I like it. Do I have another one? Do you guys have one? Ooh, all right. Nikki, you want to go for it? Sure. All right. Okay. Keeping with my kickoff theme. Okay. I played in the 2012 kickoff game. I threw for three touchdowns. I also threw for 307 yards. My team defeated the reigning champs. Two of my touchdowns were to Kevin Ogletree. Who am I? Oh. Okay. That's a tough one. I'm trying to write it all down. Okay. So, Nikki, one more time, if you don't mind. I played in the 2012 kickoff game. I threw for three touchdowns. I also threw for 307 yards. My team defeated the reigning champs in that game. Two of my touchdowns were to Kevin Ogletree. Who am I? In 2012. Um, Mine may be way out of the box over here, but oh, I'm gonna say uh, maybe it's maybe all right. I'll go with Tony Romo. Yes, it's Tony Romo. Oh, you should give Damien a chance. <laughs> That's true. I did. I, I guess I got. It. Good question, Nikki. Wow. All right. I had to really think about that one. Good question. Yeah, that's a good one. Good one. Oh, wow. All right. So I asked one. Nikki asked one, and we both got it so far. Very good. All right. Cool. Damien, do you got one too? Yes. So, all right. 
was a second-round pick in the 1997 NFL draft. I made the Pro Bowl four times. But during my career, I struggled in the orange and black before winning in the red, white, and blue. Who am I? Ooh. I think I know. What was the year? 1997? Yes, I'm going to say it one more time. I'm a running back who was a second-round pick in the 1997 NFL draft. Mm-hmm. I'm a four-time pro bowler who struggled in the orange and black, but finally won with the with the red, white, and blue. I'm going to say Corey Dillon. I'm going to say Corey Dillon. Okay. You have a guess, Nikki? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Jason got it correct. It's Corey Dillon. All right. All right. All right. I think, the, you know what? I think that worked out pretty good, guys, for our first shot. You know, I mean – it wasn't nothing was obvious, you know. You definitely had to think about it because there's a few, play, but everybody was able to answer right. I'm that went really good. I like that. We're doing this shit again. <laughs> we are definitely doing this again. I like that a lot, right there. That worked out well. All right, very cool, very cool. I yeah, I think if we keep it like like in those sort of ways, you know, we're you know we're giving some good information, but some you know sneaky ones. Like I like how you did the orange and black, and then the red, white, and blue. It's like oh shit. Is it the Giants? Is it the Patriots? Is it the Bills? You know, so not bad, man. I like that. Good job. Good job. Well done all around, my friends. Beautiful. All right. I got another question before we close this bad boy out. All right. And I did bring, I we, we did speak about, it's funny, that the few things that we spoke about off air was this. We didn't give our answers yet, but we're going to find out now. So the question that I posed and, you know, wanted to give them time to think about it, and I needed time to think about it myself. Should the MVP be the MOP, meaning the most uh, outstanding player, or should they both exist? Should you have both awards? Because it, to me, guys, it's not fair to not reward players who are on crappy teams. I mean, if you're in a, you know, like think about Lamar Jackson, you know, if he was on the Bengals last year, he still probably would have been amazing. Now, not as amazing because of the personnel around him, but he may have been the best player in the league last year and not been rewarded because they went four and 12. So I don't know if we have both awards, but the MVP always goes to a quarterback, sometimes a running back, and it's always who threw for the most yards and the most touchdowns. So it's, to me, it's like a BS. I, I don't want to say it's a BS honor. I, I, I apologize. I don't mean it like that. Anybody's won the MVP has deserved it, but Damien, don't you think that's basically where it goes? Unless a running back runs for 2000 yards, the best quarterback with the best numbers is going to win the MVP, and he may not be the most outstanding player in the league. No, that's very true. Like, quarterback definitely has the edge when it comes to most valuable, and they are the most valuable position on a football team. You're right. Right, and like you said, you have those rare years where you have Adrian Peterson carrying the Vikings to the playoffs with Christian Ponday at quarterback. But it's going to be very rare when you have a running back character team like that and just outright deserve the MVP award. So I do think there should be a most outstanding player because, like you mentioned, you could be on a very bad team but just be doing your thing, and your team just – and football is the ultimate team sport. So one player carrying the team is very rare, very, very rare. Mm -hmm. So you could have a player who's having just the best year possible. Like, you got running back run for 2,000 yards if you got a bad team, right? If the defense sucks, him right for 2,000 yards is only going to get you 8-8. Right, right. Like he should be the most outstanding player – even though he won't be as valuable as a guy who's on a quarterback on a 13 team. So I definitely agree with you on that standpoint. So I do think we should have the most outstanding player and the most valuable player. Because valuable can be can be 
inspiring in so many different ways that I think that you should have that also most outstanding player award. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? To me, Lamar Jackson would have won both last year. Lamar Jackson would have won both because he was the most valuable player to his team and he was the most outstanding player on the field. But again, like you said, sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. And Nikki, maybe people will rebuttal and say, well, you have the offensive MVP award, but it's really not the same prestige as winning an MVP or being recognized as the only MOP, if we're going to call it that. So again, that's why I just feel like a lot of players just get shunned out like maybe Christian McCaffrey didn't even have a chance last year with the amazing numbers that he put up because he was on a crappy team Nikki yeah now the mop award the, yeah the mop award exactly who who mopped the up mop the best award. who cleaned yeah, the field it feels like yeah you need something for like the award for everybody that's not a quarterback right with the rarity like you said of a running back actually carrying the team so why not give give somebody else the recognition like just because you're you can have an outstanding year but you have to be penalized because you're on a crap team like no that would be nice if there was some recognition for them i i would think so i would think so and i know they give out their awards and there are a lot more on whether it's the nfl network or the espies or whatever you want to call it but yeah, you know, just some players need to be recognized a little more. There's a lot of football players and a lot of great ones, and not everybody gets the accolades. I understand that. There's only one Super Bowl winner, so I get the whole thing. I, I really do. But this has been another absolutely awesome show. I like Name That Player a lot. We're definitely getting that in there, like, every time if we possibly could. We're certainly going to be going over every game, every week. We're going to do our high five as we did today. We'll throw out some random stuff at you guys. We'll do our fantasy drafts and keep track of that. We'll also keep a track of our records all year and, you know, who's going to make it to the playoffs. So somebody's going to be paying up and somebody's going to be getting rich on this show toward the end of the year. And we'll find out who that's going to be. But until then, we have so much action, 17 weeks of regular season, then the playoffs. Holy Moses, we're going to be with you guys. We're not going anywhere. This is the third and three podcast, Nikki. This is the third and three podcast, Damian. This is what we do. We love our football. We love our people. We love our pop culture. And we're here for them and we're here for us because we have a great time, guys. As always. Nothing better. Definitely what we do. That's what, you know what? Even when I'm busy and I'm like, damn, you know, I got the podcast, got to hurry up to this. I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I just can't wait to sit down and talk to these guys. It's like a regular freaking conversation. So, I love it every time, and I was on with Josh McKinney the other day, and he asked about how we came about, and it was just like magic. It, it just happened. You know, we did separate shows all together, and all of a sudden, this just amazing trifecta of football and pop culture and crazy, tricky Nikki G came about. I love it. Uh, yeah, you can't fake chemistry, right? It was one thing I hear when people do actually send feedback, which is very sweet and very nice, um, is that the chemistry is great. And I hear that a lot. And that you cannot fake. And, you know, I just, I love coming on here and being with you guys once a week. So I appreciate you guys. And I am looking forward to kicking some butt in our picks this year oh yeah well, <laughs> we'll see we'll see i can't wait a lot a lot of side betting going on over here damien but it's going to be an awesome year can't wait for it let's pray for health for these guys for everybody and uh you know let's see if the nfl you know also steps up and starts doing some of the right things just to close it out i heard that they were going to have end racism in in all the um in all the end zones this year 
And I think there was something else they were going to put um, in all the end zones along with the team's logo and stuff. So hopefully they do things in that direction. We'll have that discussion another time as the year goes on. But as for now, third and three podcast had a blast over here. Week one action. We told you who's going to win. So you got to either listen over here or listen over there. But keep listening, guys, and we want to keep talking. We appreciate all the feedback. Hit us up at Third and Three Podcast. That's where our show's at. I know we're getting a couple of guests together. We'll get a few more. And uh, yeah, we'd be looking forward to having some of you guys on. But um, I'm at Sports Profit One on Twitter. That's basically where you could find me. Damien, let them know about the show and where to hit you up, bro. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all social media at The Real Deal, W D A. And my show, The Real Deal, with Damian Adams, is available on all platforms. Talking a lot of football, a lot of basketball, a lot of boxing. We get it all done on there. And I've had Jason and Nikki on the last two episodes. So go ahead and touch on those because those are great episodes. And you'll be, you know, more than ready for the Third and Three podcast. So catch me on The Real Deal with Damian Adams on all platforms. Yeah, even honestly, even without, you know, Nikki and I were so happy to be on the show. But even when you do your own thing, man, it's an excellent show and it's entertaining. Love the music, love everything. So keep doing what you're doing, bro. And Nikki, there's no way that Nick, that Damien and I could do this without you. I can't say it enough. Oh, thank you. No, yeah, Damien, your show's phenomenal. And if anybody out there is listening to us, you got to listen to Damien's show. And you guys can find me at NickyNick9384 on Twitter and Instagram. And that's how we do it. Find us, talk to us, we'll converse, we'll get you on the show, we'll take your questions, all that beautiful stuff. Week one is here, hours away, Texans, Chiefs. The whole weekend coming up, we will be back next Wednesday night to recap everything and to look forward to week two. Unbelievable. I just said week two in the NFL. Guys, awesome show. Love it. Third and three podcasts. We are out. Have a great day. Peace. Bye.